Welcome to Gladiatrix. I am woman and hear me roar. I'm your host, Malini Sarma. Every week, I will be speaking with women from all over the world who will be sharing their journeys, their stories about overcoming their fears and achieving great things that they thought they never could. So if you don't want to miss a story, make sure you subscribe. Before we talk about today's show, I would like to say thank you to all my guests who have been featured on the Gladiatrix podcast to date. I have a dream. There are 193 countries in the United Nations, and I have a dream that I can host at least one woman from every country in the world on this podcast. That is 193 countries, 193 stories, and 193 shows. So if you know of somebody who should be featured on the show, please drop me a note. I would really appreciate it. In today's episode, we're speaking with Sarah Millen. Sarah is from Alberta, Canada. She's born of immigrant parents. Her mother is Scottish and her father is Spanish. Sarah also has a gift. She's an empath and runs her own business, Soul Collective YYC, as a conscious consultant. Sarah speaks of the trials and tribulations that she had to deal with because she was an empath. She also speaks about how she finally learned how to use, acknowledge, and understand her gift so that she could help people all over the world. In fact, she has created a special page just for the listeners of the Gladiatrix podcast. Go to SoCollectiveYYC forward slash roar to get more information on the Intuition Challenge. And here is Sarah's story. Hi, Sarah. Thank you so much for joining the show. I'm really, really looking forward to talking to you because this is one of the topics that I have grown up with, and I'm really excited to talk to you. Yeah, Melanie, this is such a treat to be on your show. Thank you for letting me be part of this. Oh, no, 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 no. I, I'm, I'm really excited. So, um, uh, just listening to you know talk when you talked about your background and 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 and, and all the the you know your your journey it's it's I'm I'm just fascinated. You said um, you have a Scottish mom and a Spanish father, and you grew up in Canada as the oldest of three sisters. Yes, I am the epitome of a little bit of that Canadian dream, or the, I suppose the North American dream. You know mm-hmm. you. You work so hard to to build something and you end up wandering off across the planet to seek whatever riches it is you know you should. And before mm-hmm. you know it, you fall in love and there you are creating a family somewhere else that looks like the free world. And and so begins the journey of creating the, you know, the next generation. And I am first generation Canadian and proudly so. And I come from a spicy background. My mm. mom is Scottish through and through. Mm. And my father is Spanish. And gosh knows how they got together, let me tell you. <laughs> um, 
You know what I mean? Because there's there's pull to to find each other, and then they actually had five kids. So wow. I'm the, I'm the oldest of my family, and yeah, it creates a, a a wonderful occasion to to get together, and and we're we're really lucky us all our siblings and that's really cool. There. So yeah. so what was it like growing up? Oh man, well, growing up in in Canada and growing up with immigrant uh, father, mm-hmm. uh, English is his second language. I, I mm-hmm. know you you understand right. what I'm speaking to, as do mm-hmm. many of you out there. Mm-hmm. I used to do a lot of um, talking for him, you know, mm-hmm. at the bank tellers mm-hmm. and things like that, making sure he was heard. Mm-hmm. And I took my my ownership of my role as the oldest very seriously. Mm-hmm. Um, I had a really interesting kind of a a poignant ability growing up like this thing happened where my mom had me and she had me very young at at 15 and Mm -hmm. my father was just a baby too at 19 and they Mm -hmm. they came together and for whatever reason there I was and it was very very striking the the situation of having you know an unwed mother growing up in a catholic family and the the dynamics were very strict there and Mm -hmm. here she was pregnant and i think she became a bit of a piece of shame for her Mm -hmm. parents and i know there was a lot of difficulty and things not being said probably in the room uh, amidst all of them at the dinner Mm -hmm. table and Mm -hmm. a lot of very interesting not abilityed conversations and mm-hmm. I think that it created a lot of judgment for my mom and mm-hmm. there was a lot of proving herself and so when I was born as as my granny had said and who's passed since but at the time she had said you know it was quite a storm before you came and then you arrived and it was as if the sun came out oh I think that all of the the nuances and the judgment because a baby arrived right and then they chose to keep me in the home and they they said my mother should stay uh with them until she was you know an adult mm-hmm. <laughs> and then she could decide for herself about marriage etc and my dad had a lot of strict you know um you can see me uh, mm-hmm. once a week and that was really all he was allowed so i didn't have a lot of um i didn't know my father all that well until later in the years when we finally mm-hmm. bought a house and we got to be a real family and my mom they got married and moved out and then they they didn't have kids until i was 7 and my sister was mm-hmm. born and then they just kind of boom 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 had mm-hmm. them a lot of them after that <laughs> and mm-hmm. it's really been an interesting ability that i've developed cuz mm-hmm. i am or i know what it feels like to be mm-hmm. an only child mm-hmm. i know the i know the loneliness Mm-hmm. And I know that kind of longing for for to belong to something, but mm-hmm. I also know what it feel that feels like to have that solace of being able to play alone mm-hmm. and and my imagination was rampant and and big mm-hmm. and and then the siblings came along and and i it was kind of asked of me to really step up and be a a third parent in the house mm-hmm. a lot mm-hmm. and, um that's been a really interesting you know observing myself now mm-hmm. from what it was like growing up mm-hmm. i would call it living in duality mm-hmm. you know which is something mm-hmm. that i do even in my daily life now mm-hmm. you know where i i really live in two parts of myself and mm-hmm. yet those two parts make a whole of me right. and that's something that i've come into the virtue of and become very worthy in mm-hmm. that conversation within me 
all mm-hmm. of me belongs. And mm-hmm. I will say that to my clients now in the, in the mm-hmm. work that I do, mm-hmm. all of you, all of you is welcome at my table. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. and that, that must come from that lasting space of having not really being sure where I belonged in a lot right. of ways and mm-hmm. developing what now I could consider the skill sets of me to do the work that I do for people around the globe. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Without the uh, noise and the buzz, I guess, right, of right. all these siblings, you know, yeah, I was yeah. already creating something inside of me. And then, you know, I, I care deeply for humans and I care deeply for my family. And so it, it was a really interesting upbringing. I felt like I got to be kind of two people, mm-hmm. you mm-hmm. know, and then I had to grow up pretty fast in my teen years to be mm-hmm. a real parent. Yeah. My mom had my youngest brother when I was 16. Oh, wow. So I was really, it was really asked of me to, to, you know, my, my going into my, um, you know, my, my math diploma mm-hmm. exam, for example, with baby spit up on me, because that was my life, you mm-hmm. know, and just right. a different dynamic than, than other people had right. at that time in their lives. And I really believe that it created something inside of me of a, a type of resilience and, and, right. and I've, I've really grown from it. Yeah, no, I can relate. Cause I think, uh, you know, like for example, my mother, she's the, I'm the oldest, my mother's the oldest and of six. And, you know, it's like, she's looking after the younger ones while her mother, while her mother is having, still having babies. So, mm. you know, it's like you grow up very, very quickly when you're, when, when you have to look after you. And there's a big age gap like that. I mean, so you're, you're very close to your, your mother's side of the family, right? Because your granny, your mm-hmm, grandma, yeah. your aunts, uh, yeah, your aunt, I, right? And this magical thing, you know, was, was gifted to me that's called love. Mm-hmm. Um, and not everybody has access to that um, in the way that it showed up for me. And I really think it helped shape me a lot. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, it wasn't always love um, when I was at home. There's a lot of, um, you know toxicity and mm-hmm. and difficulty with my parents fighting and the mm-hmm. dynamics were very difficult between them but there was this beautiful kind of peace mm-hmm. when she would drop me off at my grandparents mm-hmm. and i i really nurtured that time that i had with them and they had a huge huge value on the raising of me and mm-hmm. my grandmother said a very poignant thing to me which i totally didn't get at the time at all mm-hmm. but I think uh, it's probably my daughter's age now, about 11, mm-hmm. maybe 12. And she said, darling, you have a tongue in your head for a reason. Use it. Wow. Yeah. And, you know, coming from a mother and uh, a woman who had given up her singing, you know, mm-hmm. career, et cetera, to have children and get married and do what we do in our cultures, mm-hmm. that feels like the right thing to do to then immigrate and move across the globe to Canada with this family, you know, mm-hmm. all these, these parts and pieces of, of what is. And, and it just feels very, um, very observational to me mm-hmm. that I would have been um, this woman, this, this sort of, I guess, this entity, this, this energy of mm-hmm. what she was mm-hmm. uh, would have kind of been my safe space. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that's a real, that's a real get. I mean, don't get me wrong. She, she could be pretty crass and she could be difficult, like a mm-hmm. real difficult woman. Mm-hmm. But she knew, you know, she was a real feminist before she, she was a feminist. You know, right, she, she right. kind of she knew herself and yet she didn't quite know how to put that into action. Mm-hmm. So I think she was kind of guiding, like nudging me along. 
mm-hmm. to figure out my own belonging and you know use your voice and find what you are and don't just mm-hmm. kind of fall into the hamster wheel which of course I totally did like everybody else <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> um, you know you, you don't listen to these things when they're actually given to you you reflect on them later that's how it works right mm-hmm. yeah exactly sure. so, so from your um, from your because I'm usually um, I've, I've noticed in, in from my family too uh, people who are gifted with the sight either they see or they feel like in, in your case you're an empath right? So yeah. it usually comes from the mother's side. The women are usually the strongest, uh, you know, it usually comes down from the mother's side. And I'm presuming that is the case um, mm-hmm. in your case as well. But you didn't realize that 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 was not normal and that not everybody had that gift and people would get upset with you. So yeah, yeah. there was a lot you... of speaking out of turn and, and mm-hmm. getting myself into trouble and mentioning things here and there that I shouldn't be saying or, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and, and to have, um, to be a, a seer, I guess it would be called, a seer, mm-hmm. um, someone who just can, basically, my gift is I can sit with people in their energy and know exactly what they're not saying. Mm-hmm. Like, really. And, mm-hmm. and that's, a, that's a, a high level understanding of yourself first, mm-hmm. to know enough within you. You know, and to feel safe within me, which I've worked very hard at over Mm -hmm. these years. Mm -hmm. Um, Because back in the day, it felt very um, unsafe and it felt very hair on fire and it Mm -hmm. felt very um, unsure, like what's wrong with me? Mm -hmm. Maybe I shouldn't talk. You know, there's a lot of that that went on inside of me because Mm -hmm. everything that a lot of times what came out of my mouth was either nothing about anything you know, mm-hmm. I was easily talking about the weather and things that didn't matter because mm-hmm. that was easiest. Mm-hmm. Um, trying to shut myself down because I was so scared of, you know, seeing beyond what the world was telling me to see. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't know what to do with all of it. It just felt really overwhelming. Mm-hmm. And I had these gifts from a very young, as long as I can remember, I've, I've been able to, 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 to do and see a lot of things and read a lot of things and, mm-hmm. and, really know what people are thinking mm-hmm. and so um, who rec- who recognized that you had that gift was it mm-hmm. your grandmother your aunt your mom yeah my mom my mom does not have it but she was very good to you know in the beginning it was really shut down she she was quite you know we didn't really talk about that stuff so much but mm-hmm. over time you know those interesting poignant moments in life where you think or you, we were taught we'd talk about my gran, and then she would phone on the the land, you know, back mm-hmm. in the day when we had landlines, landlines remember those? Yeah. Yep, yep, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> With the long cord and the, you know, the receiver and the, the dial, all the things. Yeah. Right. And she would phone and, you know, my mother would hang up and go, well, wasn't that a funny thing? Mm-hmm. You, you know, your granny called and I was, we were just talking about her and I would be in my head like, yeah, I asked her to call. Like, but then you, but then you doubt yourself, you know, mm-hmm. and did I ask her, what was that? And, oh, maybe it is a coincidence, mm-hmm. you know, cause this is what we're created from. And we only believe what we're permitted to believe within the constraints of, of what is not, we're, what we're not afraid of growing mm-hmm. up. Right? right. Right. So your parents really show you what is safe mm-hmm. and anything outside of those parameters just is not safe. Mm-hmm. So we choose to not buy into it. Mm-hmm. And so I was 
you know, raised with a lot of practicality and, and yet I had these abilities and my sister also has have the abilities and my brothers both are, are quite empathic mm-hmm. and for different reasons. And, and I have one sister who, you know, she would shut that, shut that crap down as hard as she could to not, not be a part of it. Cause it's mm-hmm. just, it's just not too where much. she wants to be. It's too mm-hmm. much. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But, but there you have it. It's there. Mm-hmm. And I, I think that uh, a lot of people in, in my family looking through the ranks of, of the family dynamics, I think they quite do have it. Like I'm looking at cousins and especially on my Scottish side, mm. all the women there, I can see it, man. Whether they try or choose to use it or not, it's very poignant. And they're all really beautiful mm-hmm. uh, seers and, and they have these warm abilities to, to have you feel like you belong, right? Mm-hmm. It's just mm-hmm. it's a really lovely thing. So what about your grandmother? Was she was she also an empath? Uh, yeah, I would say she was very much so. I mean, um, a practical woman through and through, very mm-hmm. Glasgow through and through, so very deadpan in, in mm-hmm. how her approach to life. And uh, funny, funny, funny. What a funny woman. Mm. Um, okay. Great sense of humor. And yeah, I mean, my grandfather, I think more so. He was quite Catholic, but much more spiritual, mm-hmm. I think, than he gave himself credit for. Mm-hmm. You know, he had these abilities to... Um, to, to bring it down back into unconditional love and remember love in the conversation. And he really loved his family and really showed up for his community. He's very much a volunteer mm-hmm. out there and mm-hmm. uh, just a, a good person through and through. And so mm-hmm. I, was, I, was, I was very lucky to have that because then the duality to the other side of that coin is the home life that I was raised with was very volatile and difficult with a lot of shutting down, a lot of be quiet and don't do that, don't talk because there's mm-hmm. just a lot of uncertainty and you know my mom had a lot to lose Mm -hmm. from having a daughter very young I I needed to be really quite perfect Mm -hmm. for the the world to accept us right we were a team her and I right right she was was young and Mm -hmm. so I I I don't discredit her for how she approached things I I I totally get it Mm -hmm. and that's that's exactly what the world tells us Right. right. Oh, no, no. You got to do better. You know, the people are going to be judging you. So you got to, you know, she's got to be perfect and manners, manners, manners. Mm-hmm. And, you know, all the things that go with that. So I ended up being deeply rooted in being a rebel because mm-hmm. the, the energies and everything I was picking up on around me right. did not add up to the life I was living. So mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I was a little bit of an imposter in my own life, mm-hmm. actually. And so that led good to little a bad. Of, you were the good little <laughs> bad girl, right? I was, yeah, yeah. <laughs> There's just a lot of things that weren't said, a lot of things that weren't talked about, and Mm -hmm. um, a lot of drama in the house. Mm -hmm. And so the drama just took hold, and everyone just focused on the drama. Meanwhile, I'm swooping underneath, you know, under the radar, so to speak, and just quietly creating these new beliefs and these new ideas inside of me and slowly developing. I mean, don't get me wrong. I was terrified of these abilities. And I thought like, oh my gosh, no one will accept me. I won't belong. And if anyone's out there believing that, I'm telling you, you do belong. And there are many, many places on this planet where you can choose to develop yourself and, and, and love yourself more deeply because of it. Mm-hmm. Really, that's mm-hmm. what an empath is for, is, is to be the light keeper. We're the space makers. Mm. We're the ones who can show up in the room and just let you be. You just get to be what you are. Oh, I like that. You're a space maker. Yeah. So, um, so your, uh, did you, did you like, when you were growing up, did your sisters and you, did you guys discuss the fact that you guys had, you know, had the, had that, that, that intuition or that extra that nobody else had, or was it? A little bit. 
you know, uh, your parents, not, your mom. Not any further than other people would in their own households, you know, mm-hmm. raised Catholic, there was certain constraints to, mm-hmm. to how we were allowed to, to talk about these things. I mean, more and more between us, mm-hmm. you would mention things about, you know, different, you know, did you feel that or what is that? Mm-hmm. That kind of stuff, but not really, no. Like it wasn't until I moved out actually that I mm-hmm. kind of went back and then would make comments about the house or things mm-hmm. that would go on in so-and-so's house or whatever. And then my sister would be like, oh my God, you you had that too? And I'd be like, oh my God, how did we never talk about that? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it, it just, I think the drama of how we were raised. Okay, took, kind of took, shut it down. Yeah, just took mm-hmm. on its own life. And mm-hmm. there was no room for being yourself. Just, mm-hmm. There was no room for that. Not mm-hmm. really. We were too busy showing up for what the world wanted us to be. You know mm. what I mean by that? Right. Yeah. No, no, I perfectly. So, um, so after you, after high school, did you, do you like leave Canada and go to college? Did you travel the world? What did you do? How did you rebel against yes. all of this, uh, you know, <laughs> was, drama? I was like the, the only person it felt like, probably mm-hmm. not, but mm-hmm. me and one of the guy who was taking over his, his dad's uh, uh, business mm-hmm. probably were the only two people in our IB school that were um, going to, not going to university. And I hmm. remember having a, a deep, deep shame spiral about that and mm-hmm. being so like, I don't belong here. And, and how is it that I'm a part of this community of people who are very driven and smart and motivated. Mm-hmm. And yet I'm here just not choosing that. Mm-hmm. It's not that I didn't have the choice. I very mm-hmm. well could have if, and really, you know, my parents didn't have much money, but we would have figured it out. Mm-hmm. But, but I knew that my path was something else. And mm-hmm. so I asked for, instead of that bit of, in, of uh, tuition, I asked for a one-way ticket to Europe as mm-hmm. my graduation gift. Mm-hmm. And, and so that, that was the gift. And I left and I was gone for a long time. And I did a lot of growing up at that time. I mm-hmm. did, I think, more learnings than a person could do in a four-year degree. Mm-hmm. In the time I was away, really living and having to make ends meet and figure it out and be resourceful and read people. And I was also developing all these skill sets around mm-hmm. me, you know, like, mm-hmm. and how to trust myself and trust my mm-hmm. intuition while you travel. Like, that's a huge part of travel. Right? Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Yes. Yeah, so, so where all where did you go? I was living over in uh, Europe. So went to kind of rekindle and, and visit and, and actually went to understand my father better you know, mm-hmm. back in, in Spain and, and, and learn his family a little bit more deeply. It felt a lot very important to me to grab at my roots mm-hmm. and kind mm-hmm. of tug, tug at them and get to know them a little bit. Like, what is this? Mm-hmm. And, um, and yeah, just ended up in different parts of Europe from there. And uh, I loved the south of France. I worked there for a good while and, and mm-hmm. loved my apartment there and the people. It was such a great time to be alive. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? mm-hmm. Felt like responsibility, but I look at that now and I'm like, whew, that was a, <laughs> that was a sailing, man. That was nothing. You know, mm-hmm. but you know, it was, it was, a, it was a great and and the most responsible thing I could have done for myself because mm-hmm. it gave me the ability to break from everything I knew right, and norm. everything I mm-hmm. un- had understood and mm-hmm. to stop being what my family kept asking me to be, which was just to please, just to keep sh- like, please, just please us. Mm-hmm. And I became quite a people pleaser right. because I didn't know how to honor my own gifts. Yeah. So I just kept kind of giving it all away in a lot Mm -hmm. of ways to, as I call it, 
I no longer serve as a peacekeeper. Mm-hmm. I'm now a peacemaker. Maker, right? And I think they're very different uh, mm-hmm. sides of that of that duality. You know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No. No. That it completely changes how you look at the world, and you know, and how when people people are usually upset in the beginning. Right, because you're like, now you're putting your foot down. You're saying no, and that's really hard. It is, yeah. It's yeah. really hard to do that. I remember my mom begging me to stay. Like I remember her being so so excited and buying me the ticket and okay, we're gonna do this. I'm so happy for you, like any mother would. I mean, good mm-hmm. lord, I was 18. I was a baby. Like mm-hmm. really, you're just mm-hmm. gonna move away? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Look at that now, and I'm like wow, that was actually super brave because I mm-hmm. didn't really have a plan. I just sort of arrived. Right. And, you know, it's it's a very different opportunity. And she just sort of held her own, I think, through that. And she didn't say no. She didn't have a temper tantrum. She just was like, okay, darling, let's help you figure that out. But it mm-hmm. was a little bit closer to actually leaving that she was like, please don't go. Actually, mm-hmm. I didn't mm-hmm. really realize you would go, I guess. Mm-hmm. You know, and yeah. then, and then you, you know, there's a lot of guilt around leaving her because she still had very young babies Please, and I was right. really a parent for her. Right. And so, but I knew it was the only way to save myself right. and really to find myself was, mm-hmm. was to break. Mm-hmm. And I think for a lot of us, we have to break mm-hmm. from, from the cords that, that keep us. Mm-hmm. And, and that's very, very difficult thing to do. And, and I, I really have to say it, it, it helped me develop my soul. Like mm-hmm. I really got to know myself fully. Mm-hmm. And what I'm actually capable of by choosing to go and, and travel. I think it's therapy. I think travel oh, is yes. good for the soul. Oh, yes. I uh, completely agree. <laughs> uh, you know, you've just yes. been around the world. It's <laughs> yeah. fascinating. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So you, you left. You must, have, you must have gone for like, like four or five years, you know. Um, yeah, less than that. But I, And then when I came back, it was within the, if you can believe it, talk about divine timing and the law of, you know, attraction, so to mm-hmm. speak, that I met my husband within two weeks, mm-hmm. not met, but rekindled with him within two weeks of coming home. Like I was at my, you know, at, at a party at the bar mm-hmm. at the university to be like, hey, I'm home, want to have a beer. Mm-hmm. And, you know, this is, you know, the, 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 the 90s, early 2000s. So it's not like you could just Facebook it and throw it right, up. Right, right. Hey, anyone want to join me? It was none of that. It was like uh-huh. a phone call. Hey, I'm right. going to be. So I would, I did that and, and somehow, some way he was standing in, in the lineup and I was just like, whoa, what are you doing here? I haven't seen you mm-hmm. in ages. And, and that was it. My, this, the course was set for, for the rest. And I got mm-hmm. to then enjoy travel uh, with him, actually, he came with me for a year and a half, and we we sold everything we had, everything mm-hmm. we had. Mm-hmm. We traveled together and gave away all our keys, sublet, apartments, everything, mm-hmm. cars, mm-hmm. you name it. Mm-hmm. And we traveled, and it was we knew it would either be a make or break situation mm-hmm. for our relationship. That's right. No, they do say if you want to know if you're gonna, you know, if you guys are made for each other, you need to travel together. Tells a lot about a person. <laughs> oh, yes. Oh, yes. Yeah. And, and, you know, and here we are still kind of trudging along, figuring it yeah, out. Good and, for you. Because I, I know he said, he said, I said, where did you meet her first? And he goes, she was playing the bagpipes yes. in Barcelona. <laughs> I did. Yeah. I played the bagpipes. 
Yes. That was way back in the day. My yes. grandfather ran the the Ogden Legion Pipe Band, and he's quite quite has quite a a knowing in the city for mm-hmm. his volunteer and and his his time that he gave to youth in the city. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, it it it's such a it it feels so good inside of of our hearts and our family to to know that that mm-hmm. that happened. Like mm-hmm. our name kind of goes on despite mm-hmm. us, which is mm-hmm. really cool. Mm-hmm. But yeah, you know, it, it wasn't always roses. Like I went through, you know, maybe elementary school. I I really didn't know what was happening inside of me. I just knew that this was this was a thing, but I didn't really know how to speak about it. And I wasn't really sure who to bring it up to. I, I'm sure I would mention it to my my uncle, who I love deeply, mm-hmm. um, Sean. He lives out out east now, and and I'm sure I said it to my aunt. She. She introduced me in later years to like Louise Hay and to mm-hmm. Reiki and mm-hmm, mm-hmm. knowing mindset and self work and that mm-hmm. kind of thing um, mm-hmm. in my late teens. But in the in between period, like junior high, mm-hmm. I was just lost. Like mm-hmm. I think I, I got into drugs really early. I, mm-hmm. I was really numbing myself. I, I cried a lot. I didn't really know my belonging. Mm-hmm. And I think I think the occurrence of that wasn't just, of course, it's hormones. Yes, we all know it's hormones. Mm-hmm. But but also just trying to figure out where I fit because I, I really felt like I didn't fit. Like I just didn't know what I was compared to other people who were just kind of talking nonsense. Mm-hmm. And I didn't really want to talk nonsense. And I felt much older than my years. Mm-hmm. You know, when you become the friend that everybody goes to for all the things. Right, 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 right. You know? mm-hmm. And I felt like that that was occurring a lot. And mm-hmm. I didn't really know how to get out of that pattern. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, it was, it was a very, I guess, incredibly normal time, mm-hmm. as mm-hmm. a lot of people would say. But I think they don't quite understand. And what I think probably happens for a lot of parents is they don't quite know, know their child is right. as empathic as they are and that they're right. really absorbing other people's thoughts and Excellent. feelings. Like it's not even your own. Right. And yet like you can go into a grocery store and be totally fine, like mm-hmm. completely just, you know, doing your thing and in your zone. And then you can leave raging. What is that? Wow. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And you're just like taking on the world and right. to, to learn how to, how to, do that differently and and how to put up boundaries for yourself and how to learn your skill sets. Mm-hmm. I think it's one of the greatest gifts you can give yourself, you know, and I think there's mm-hmm. more of us out there than we give credit to. And I think culturally we don't talk about this stuff, especially right. in school because it's too woo woo. But yes. quite frankly, all you have to do is change the word intuition into gut. Yeah. And everyone's like, Oh yeah. Yeah. Just follow your gut. Oh, I know what that is. Yeah. But yeah. we don't, we don't do it. We don't right. actually follow our gut. We say we should have. Oh, yeah, I should have followed my gut on that. Mm-hmm. But we don't. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? There's yep. this kind of very interesting, and it's just words. We give words so much power. Yeah, I agree. So now you're, you, you said like your aunt, you know, uh, she saw you struggle through, you know, your teens and your late teens and early 20s. Yeah. And she was, she was, she really saw you, you know, like as you were trying to figure out who you were and what was going on inside you. And then she decided to take things into her own hands and help you out. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, she, so what was that? What, I'm going to talk about a little bit about that. Yeah, she did a bit of like, now I realize what was happening. She did a bit of, showed me what Reiki was and mm-hmm. she showed me like some body talk work. And mm-hmm. I think she was in a discovery phase of her own life because you mm-hmm. have to remember my mom was 15. Mm-hmm. So my, my aunt and I are like, we're, basically 10 years apart. Like right. we're really not that far 
in, right. in age. She's more like my sister, like an older uh-huh. sister. So I was really lucky to uh-huh. to have that uh, around me in the dynamics of just the you know having somebody cool uh-huh. you know, to look uh-huh. up to. Mm-hmm. And uh, her and my uncle are just such a huge part of the way I was raised. Mm-hmm. And, and yeah, and they both had their own, like he, he would speak through the language of music. You know, mm-hmm. he always had really good records going and he would show me about bands and like, mm-hmm. this is what this music feels like. Can you feel that? Like, isn't mm-hmm. that cool? Mm-hmm. You know, that kind of stuff. And, and then she was kind of explaining to me how, how it works through her own process of self-healing and reading all these books and She's like, well, let me show you. And then she'd, I'd lie down. She'd be like, dad, you feel that? Like, and I'm going to like pull on this. And I'd be like, I, I think so. But mm-hmm. then over time, it, it felt right. Like mm-hmm. everything that was occurring there, it didn't feel outlandish. It didn't feel strange. It, it mm-hmm. actually felt like coming home. Home, right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and mm-hmm. that's when I knew there's something here. There's mm-hmm. something here. But of course, as always in your 20s, as I did and, and mm-hmm. many do, I denied it. And mm-hmm. You know, I, I, I moved away from it as hard and fast as I could because that's not what the world tells you. The mm-hmm. world tells you to go to school, get a degree, you know, work and, and just, you know, the more corporate you can be, the, the more successful you are and away you go. But, you know, that, that was very uh, basic way fundamentally of, of, of my parents hopefully being proud of me, which is just the people pleaser inside of me. I think that mm-hmm. they would have been proud of anything that I put myself to my mother for sure. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, in the end I ended up going and doing my degree and, uh, design degree in, um, in commercial advertising. And, and that's what felt right. And um, I have to tell you that led me to what I do now for a living. Like it mm. was all needed to happen. Mm-hmm. You know? mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Everything you do is preparing you for the next big project. Oh Yeah. Isn't mm-hmm. that great? Mm-hmm. No, I keep thinking about the right now. I'm like, oh my gosh, what could possibly go beyond this? So exciting, right? <laughs> yeah, that's exactly. how it works. That's mm-hmm. how it works. Mm-hmm. So, what, well, how was what was your experience like when you were uh, advertising for you to start your own business? What, yeah. what what was that transition? Yeah, so you know, it's a hard, fast industry, and uh, I never felt like I belonged there. And I realized very quickly um, I loved getting and going to art school and getting my degree and being a part of that culture. Mm-hmm. That felt very right to me, and mm-hmm. it was very actually competitive, insanely competitive, actually. A lot of staying overnight at the school, trying to make crits in time, mm-hmm. you know, things like that. Mm-hmm. And if you didn't, you're booted out. Like you just, you're out of the program. Oh, didn't. Wow. It was very hard uh, mm-hmm. actually to make it uh, to the very end. I think there was only 13 of us who graduated from that program. It was no quite kidding. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it, it wasn't necessarily difficult. It's not like we're learning something like, you know, uh, becoming a surgeon, et cetera. But, and it was just, it was really about time management and mm-hmm. authenticity. Mm. They saw right through you. If you weren't authentic about your work and you didn't know how to defend your work mm-hmm. in a lot of ways, mm-hmm. they would rip you apart. Like that's actually how it worked. Wow. And oh yeah, that that's it in a nutshell. And so you you had to become very um centered in your why. And mm-hmm. and that's what I learned through through that those school years. And then becoming a photographer, I found it really interesting that when I was in photo sessions with people, whether it would be for headshots or for their businesses. I loved working with women entrepreneurs. That was Mm -hmm. like my favorite, favorite thing to do. Mm -hmm. These very soulful conversations would arise. Mm -hmm. And I realized very quickly I had an ability to ask 
the right questions that, that mm-hmm. others might not be asking mm-hmm. from the same heart space, you know, from that same need to, to, to know this person, actually mm-hmm. see them. Mm-hmm. Not just about what they do or talking, you know, around the topic, but like cutting right to it. Mm-hmm. And their sessions would always end up incredible because actually in their portraits, the soul would show up. Like you would be very yourself and they would be these incredible, incredibly beautiful images. Wow. And that kept occurring for me the more and more I would allow the opportunity to chat and talk. And what I realized was I enjoyed that much more than I enjoyed the process of the the images and taking the images. And I have to be very, very truthful and candid here. I developed an eye condition. Mm-hmm. Uh, a few uh, years ago that actually allowed, that forced me to have to stop doing photography or else I really would still be doing it. But mm-hmm. I do have partial blindness. So it really takes a lot for me to sit in front of a screen at all, let alone mm-hmm. edit, et cetera, and mm-hmm. be behind a, a lens and flashes and things. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. interestingly, I became kind of the blind photographer. Oh, okay. <laughs> which, which is very interesting because then it, it forced me into my other senses, yes, mm-hmm. but also um, to have to speak differently and create differently beyond what I was doing for a living. And I remember going through quite a bit of grief around that, you know, like, who am I now? And I did this degree and now I'm not using it. And you know, mm-hmm. the how dare yous came mm-hmm. out, mm-hmm. you know, the mm-hmm. gesture to my inner critic. Right. She, she had a lot to say, you know, mm-hmm. about, you know, how, how could you let this happen? You know, mm-hmm. when your eyes have failed, your body failed you, you know, all this mm-hmm. stuff that went on. Mm-hmm. It's fascinating, the world of failure, don't you? Oh, think? yes. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Yes. So, so, that, mm-hmm. so that's, yeah. how you, that's how you ended up starting your own did you actually start doing it though? Or was there a period of time when you would be doing it, but nobody was paying you and then you finally. You know, 100%. Started. For like okay. seven years. I, no kidding. I saw people. Yeah. Cause I, I vowed that. So I took every possible course I could get my hands on that ever was like, if you name it, I've probably done it. Mm-hmm. And I tried to figure out what, what is me and what is not me because I figured very quickly that I think that I'm something else. Mm-hmm. I don't know what that thing is, but I'm not quite this, you know, mm-hmm. into the, like the real woo-woo world mm-hmm. of, you know, crystals and making jewelry or something like that. Mm-hmm. But I'm also not uh, just this kind of black and white human who divides itself based on its beliefs. Mm-hmm. So I, I call myself, I'm the person who helps others live on the bridge, mm-hmm. right? Okay. Because mm-hmm. I, I really believe that it's just about showing up where you are. Mm-hmm. And there's some days where I am very much in my my abilities and my mm-hmm. empathicness, and I'm mm-hmm. able to sit with people from really from their soul level and and explore with them because mm-hmm. what I fundamentally do for a living with Soul Collective, mm-hmm. and why I called it Soul Collective is that I just want people to know that to be awake in your life doesn't have to be an alone experience. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so if it, if you're at all feeling awake feeling like you're seeing yourself from a different perspective or a different lens and that other people around you maybe are not and you're Mm -hmm. frustrated with those conversations, Mm -hmm. I become a space where you can kind of introspectively discover yourself more poignantly and and allow all of you at the table. Gotcha. Because that's the key is your humanity and your black and whiteness and your beliefs and roots Mm-hmm. Um, they belong too. 
it, it's not a one-way street with spirituality. It's, mm-hmm. it's not a one-way street with, empath- with being an empath. There, mm-hmm. there has to be this union right. between your human mm-hmm. and, and your heart, you know, mm-hmm. and, and the soul of you. There has mm-hmm. to be this ability, but mm-hmm. it's, it's important to, to drive home the why of my business because right. I don't want people – I also had this – so I was in the spiritual closet for like eight years. Mm-hmm. Like really, and and I just was so so terrified to tell my family, really, even my mother-in-law, like everyone, uh, what I really am doing in the background while mm-hmm. I was running this design business and building websites and taking photographs and helping entrepreneurs, etc. I was in the background building something that is currently called Soul Collective Y Y C. Yeah, mm-hmm. and. That was happening despite me. Like I couldn't help myself. I mm-hmm. would be so driven to try this on or do that or can, mm-hmm. you know, asking friend, can you come over and I'm just going to try this thing out that I've been trying dabbling in or, you know, things like mm-hmm. that. And mm-hmm. even with close friends, they had no idea that mm-hmm. I was like even high school friends and stuff is really still recently at a couple of Christmas parties in the last five years that they've been like, so yeah, um, sorry, so what do you do now? Like, mm-hmm. you know, they really don't. Mm-hmm. And, and it's tough, right? Because they, they might not get it. Maybe right. they don't get it. And right. I've, I've learned the boundary of I, I'm only going to really explain myself if it truly has meaning because I'm, not, I'm right. not standing in this space with all of me welcome at my own table for you right. to sit there and judge it. Right. Really, or really be a just, topic of conversation just for, sure. ten, you know, for that, po- yeah. for that point in time and then they move on to the next yes, or whatever. Yeah, so yeah. so okay. I, I, I know I can read people and I know how far they're willing to go in their own fear around mm-hmm. what I am exactly, which mm-hmm. actually I'm just a girl who can feel the world. That's mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. all I am. And yep. I often say I'm a girl who didn't know and then she did. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, truly. And yeah, that, you that know, is in, awesome. somewhere in the middle, you become a woman and then you roar. Yes, absolutely. Yes. So, so you, I love the fact that you said you were a space maker and, you know, you figured out how to marry the, like the intuitive skill, like, you know, and, and the business skill, like they call gut, right? Into yeah. a concept so that everybody can understand. So now have you had like, people call you in for like business negotiations and say, Hey, mm-hmm. I need you to sit here and, you know, or, you know, like, or your husband's like, hey, you need to, can you tell me what's going on here? And how can we yes. get this guy to change his mind? And what is he thinking? <laughs> and why is he thinking, Oh my God, can you imagine yeah. the, the, the advantage they would have if they had somebody who could tell them exactly why people are doing what they're doing? Yeah, that's exactly what I do. And, and I help people, you know, understand that in their relationships around them. Mm-hmm. I help people understand why they have attracted this person into their life. Like, oh. what is the purpose of this? Because mm-hmm. everything has great purpose. Mm-hmm. It does. Mm-hmm. It's not just, it's not for nothing. Mm-hmm. I know we can say that mm-hmm. uh, in the most positive light, but we mm-hmm. can also speak to this in a negative way. I also went through abuse and, and all kinds of things in, in mm-hmm. my day. And I can look back on that um, with an open heart and say the same, that mm-hmm. it has a great purpose. I wouldn't be who I am. Mm-hmm. in this moment to really roar and mm-hmm. be sitting on this podcast without that. Right. It has fundamentally given me exactly what I need today. 
Mm-hmm. And that's a gift. As far as I'm concerned, it's a gift. It doesn't mean that it hasn't been incredibly difficult. Right. And there's a lot of, um, I am a big advocate for therapy and I'm a big advocate for uh, owning your feelings and naming them and claiming them and, and doing the inner work. And that's why I got into mindfulness and, and I teach a lot of mindfulness in the workplace and mm-hmm. um, I do a lot of volunteering in the community, et cetera, and hosting different like how to meditates. Mm-hmm. Uh, I really started meditating because I was so, I was a worrywart. Right. You know, I, I worry about everything for every reason. And mm-hmm. I was finding it was really, it was affecting my day to day. And I was becoming ants in my pants and mm-hmm. I was getting really anxious and I was waking up at night and, and I thought there's got to be a better way to live. Mm-hmm. You know, there just has to be a better way to this. And, mm-hmm. you know, we can sit there quickly and mm-hmm. judge meditation and say, oh, this isn't working. It's not my thing. Right. But it's, it's like any skill. You're not going to create your first painting and then go, oh, this is crap. I'm never doing it again. I mean, some people do because it's called patience. Right. But if, <laughs> right. But if you're an advocate for really wanting something to change, mm-hmm. then you'll stay mm-hmm. and you'll, you'll choose to stay in the room. Even if you don't know what the hell you're doing, mm-hmm. just stay right. just see it through to the end. And you just yeah. never know. Yeah. Stick it to it. They call it stick it, stick, stick, um, Stick it to it, stick to itness, you know? Yes, yes. I call just, it to stay. <laughs> just being an advocate for stay. Like, mm-hmm. I, and I've often said this for my people out there, you know, um, try one thing before you change it all. Right, right. You walk into the room and before you change the furniture, metaphorically mm-hmm. speaking, of course, mm-hmm. change the energy in the room first. Right. And then choose how the furniture might get rearranged, you know, Mm -hmm. just, just try you first. How are you showing up in your Mm -hmm. energy in that room Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and, and begin then. And this is a lot to be said for business. You know, it's, it's how I help. Um, I do a lot of, um, you know, in in small business, helping people vet who Mm -hmm. they hire. Right. I'm in the, a very much a part of the hiring process for a lot of small businesses because okay. mm-hmm. it costs a lot of money to train and right. you know, a lot of time and energy into who and how and what and, mm-hmm. and become a, a, a helpful tool for people to who are trying to orient their team, you know, mm-hmm. align in a certain kind of an energy for their team frequency, so mm-hmm. to speak, or how does it feel? It's called culture. Mm-hmm. How does it feel when you're in the room with those people? Right. That's intuition. That's, right. that's energy work, man. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. you can call again, right? Just giving words power. Right. Exactly. You know, so, so this stuff works whether you are running your own business or whether you're working on yourself. And even if I, I sit with an entrepreneur who wants to work on their business, I will always begin on the inside. Mm-hmm. So we have to start with us and then we build out because out. we right. are the business. And right what's going on for you and how are you showing up in your relationships, but just mm-hmm. also how are you showing up for yourself? Right. And likely you're just mm-hmm. in the way, you know, mm-hmm. you're, you're afraid to actually be the measure of your success because you know that there is a power within you. And yes. what if, what if it actually worked? worked right. What if you became, you became all the things that you oh, thought? Oh no, then what? <laughs> you yes. know? That's a big part of it is, it's you know, and we, qu- we quash our intuition. We stuff it down, mm-hmm. our, our gut sense, our, our ability to be like, ooh, I think this is actually, I'm really terrified of this. Oh, mm-hmm. well, then I think you're onto something is what mm-hmm. I often say. Oh, know? yes. Oh, yes. If you're not scared, then there's something wrong. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. totally. 
Yeah, yeah. So now looking at, you know, you, there's so many young people and we look at you and they're following you and they want to be like you and they want to use your help. Mm. So if you wanted to, if you wanted to give them, you know, advice in mm. based on all your journey and all the things that you've been through and finding yourself and trusting your gut and uh, gut, uh, what, what are the top three things that you would, you would tell them? Yeah. I, you know, this is a really, that's a good question. Um, you know, I, I have to be an advocate for owning our own power, mm-hmm. you know, and, and I would say, don't give your power away, but I think it's really easy to say that and a lot harder to do that in the mm-hmm. action space. When we advocate for ourselves, when we're young, mm-hmm. because we, we just want people to want us, right? Mm-hmm. Especially mm-hmm. through your twenties, we want so deeply to belong. And, you know, so I guess I would rephrase it to say that everything is in its divine time. Mm-hmm. Be patient with yourself mm-hmm. and trust the fact that it shows up when you're ready. Whether that be the person, a lot of people ask me, am I going to find my person? Mm-hmm. Um, and I will ask them back, what if you are your person? Mm-hmm. And then that person shows up and they're just gravy. Right. You know, that, that's the attunement that I have. And, and everything comes in the time that it's allotted. So giving yourself some grace, mm-hmm. to allow it to happen as opposed to controlling it towards it. Mm-hmm. It's a very different space. And, you know, manifestation, um, it really only happens when we advocate and speak to the fear of what mm-hmm. is keeping us away from that thing in the first place. That's right. You know? Mm-hmm. And then another one I would say is sometimes not knowing is a big part of the knowing. Oh, okay. So walking around our world with the uncertainties and the head scratching, Mm -hmm. that's a fundamental part of your growth. Right. It's okay to be where you are and Mm -hmm. and head scratch and not know, Mm -hmm. trust it. Mm-hmm. Because something is being is percolating beneath that not knowing mm-hmm. in some form of a knowing. It's coming. Right. It's just it'll it'll come to you in that kind of like moment of being mm-hmm. like, oh wow, okay, mm-hmm. I guess mm-hmm. that's what I'm gonna do. Or you just go ahead and buy the ticket, or mm-hmm. you roll yourself into that program, or you, know, you just do it. Mm-hmm. And and that's that's the other thing is to remember that your life is happening for the third one is, you know, your, your life is happening right now. Right. And to practice, if you can, oh gosh, I wish I had had this in my early twenties, you know, differently than I do now, but to mm-hmm. actually practice presence, you know, not throwing your brain, not letting the brain bring you the bone, you know, cause the brain is just trained to do, you know, like a dog. It, if you teach it to fetch, it will fetch. That's what the brain does. It's programmed. Mm-hmm. So, to practice actually being present is really a skill. Wow. And to not think into the future from the past, mm-hmm. that's actually incredibly difficult to do mm-hmm. because the brain will want to give us information right. of what's coming be from what it knows. It only gives you what it knows. Right. So then it's only giving you what's already happened. Mm-hmm. So in a way, when we think we've got the answer to something, it's actually giving us something that we've already done from our past because yes. that's what's safe. Ah, gotcha. Yep. You know, so yep. practicing 
not necessarily buying into your thoughts because let's face it, they're just thoughts and we have 50,000 of them a day. So there's a lot of chatter going on in there. Mm-hmm. But actually just giving ourselves the opportunity to practice, I am here, I am breathing mm-hmm. right now. And then around at one thing in your life that you have gratitude for, one damn thing. Yep. Because yep. gratitude is, I think, it's, I think it's the recipe for love. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. Grace. Grace. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes. Yes. Absolutely. No, this is this is really good. This is good stuff. So um you, you have a website, you have a podcast, yeah. uh, you have a lot of programs, you're helping a lot of people. I am, um, yeah. I have almost five hundred clients around the world. Wow. And so, uh I sit, I do session I call them soul sessions because the way I advocate for the soul is you know, we, we can go into all kinds of spiritual mm-hmm. uh pragmatic things to talk about here but at the end of the day the soul is the spark the yeah. soul is passion the mm-hmm. soul is the thing you forgot to bring with you mm-hmm. the soul is you know i'm always an advocate for saying uh it's the zhuzh it's that it's that space between the spaces that really mm-hmm. gives us that that fundamental joy mm-hmm. for something you know it's that big belly laugh mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's been a while for us during COVID to really give to a belly laugh because mm-hmm. I think we deeply connect to others and this has become quite a crotchety time for a lot of us, you know, and yeah. we're going to have to, everything is a have to. Well, mm-hmm. you have to wear a mask, you have to do this, you have to. And, and we, we don't like the unknowns. It, it's, it's, it really discredits everything for what we've advocated for in our lives. And mm-hmm. we've worked hard, especially small business, to be where we are. And then it all seems like it's just swooped away oh, with one yeah. big wave, you know? Yeah, yeah. But you, yeah. you've got to trust the creativity mm-hmm. of you and the power that you have behind it. You know, this is absolutely occurring with great purpose. And we get to drive ourselves from a space of creativity because of it. Mm-hmm. I mean, what if that was what comes of this is we don't we're not just adaptable because damn we are mm-hmm. and also we're resourceful we're yes. like creating new things constantly you see them everywhere All right it's incredible oh yeah in this podcast <laughs> came out of covid so it's, yeah it's a covid baby podcast yeah right? it is a covid baby <laughs> oh that's awesome so, so you, guys, you want to tell um you know you want to tell people out there about your yeah. um website and your programs and yeah. yeah you bet yeah so my website is soul s-o-u-r collective yyc yyc is the city i live in calgary alberta canada i am a canadian gal and it's com. so soul collective yyc.com and if you go there i've got a um uh, an intuition challenge for you if you're interested for the listeners out there um, so it's soulcollectiveyyc.com backslash roar, uh, all caps. And that is in honor of you, my dear, for your roaring podcast. And oh, thank you. I really am fundamentally a huge advocate for working on our intuition and really honing the skill uh, of that, just like you would work out, you know, mm-hmm. and use your muscles. I think mm-hmm. that if we can just take, it's a 10-day challenge. And if it, if it feels right to partake, get in there and, and, you know, throw yourself in and just see where it gets you. And there's a, some really great little nuggets in there about what, what really is intuition and, and mm-hmm. how do I show myself in it and how do I go forward with it. And the one thing that I absolutely advocate for, if you're at all curious and, and more deeply wanting to connect with yourself, is to, is to join the, the, the academy group. I have a Soul Academy group that I run, two, two different programs. And um, 
everyone can join. It's month to month and there's a different kind of soulful or spiritual or mindset or celebrated, uh, very introspective topic um, every month that I bring to the table. And we just, we work on ourselves and we work on our relationships and we work on our spirituality and we work on advocating for more. And it's, it's there if you're an entrepreneur or you're a stay-at-home mom, it's for everyone. It's really this, this space where you can feel like you belong. And yes. you don't have to be something that you aren't in that space. You actually get to ask weird and wild questions. You get to advocate for yourself. You get to, to say out loud, I, I, I don't really know where I fit because, hey, I'm right over here, not really mm -hmm. knowing where I fit. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. I created Soul Collective because I wanted a place where I belong. And so I thought, screw this. I'm going to make my own. Mm -hmm. Good for you. <laughs> yeah. and, and it feels right, you know, mm -hmm. and I love living on the bridge. Mm -hmm. I love being, you know, super practical and I, you know, that I swear and mm -hmm. you know, I do things that I, I mean, I'm not, I'm a spiritual guide. Yes. But I also drink wine. You're welcome. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and, and, and then sometimes we swing way into the yeah, other side, right? kind of woo-woo conversations and deep-rooted whys and, you know, how I feel in my heart and what I'm advocating for. And this is really good, too, for parents who are trying to figure out their, their very empathic children or kids mm -hmm. who just are highly sensitive, you know, mm -hmm. and how do we help them move through the world? Right. You know, I've been one. I get mm -hmm. it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No, yeah. this is this is great. Shani, if they wanted to get a hold of you, you're also on Instagram. Yeah, um, yeah. Soul Collective YYC. Okay. Yeah, Soul Collective YYC. I'd love the follow. And um, yeah, big advocate for you, for the roar, for the change, and for really honoring you know the fear. Because I think that when we can talk about fear, then we can dismantle it. And yes. I know that's why you built this podcast. Yes. That's why I became what I am is because I was quite terrified of my gifts. And so mm -hmm. I thought if I can learn them in a mm -hmm. different way and hone my skill and help mm -hmm. because of them, then I can take apart that fear. And the fear rose me into who I am today. And I, I'm so grateful that I followed it through regardless of wanting to crap my pants half the time, you know, <laughs> it's, it's scary out there yes. you know, how yes. you put yourself out there. And, and I feel like every time I put a post out on the internet, um, you know, on, on social media, I feel like I lift my skirt, you know, like I have this <laughs> yes. huge, you're vulnerable. vulnerable. You're like, everybody, yes. Yes. everybody yes. knows about it's you. Like, I still oh, struggle. Lordy. I mean, I still struggle with that. I have to, I have to commend you because you're like on, you know, you have uh, your video on and I'm like, I still can't, I still can't put my picture out there. I'm like, I need to yep. work on that. But yeah, yeah, yeah. That, and that does take a lot of courage. <laughs> you know, and like I'd said in that, how, you know, the three tips for people that, that one about advocating for your divine timing. And I really believe that everything is in its own time. And if you right. can't turn that video on, don't, we can hear you just fine. You know, right. and, Thank then, you. <laughs> and then as you practice, because everything's practice, right. as you practice, all of a sudden one day you'll turn it on and then you won't look back. And that's how it really kind of happened for me with these skill sets is mm -hmm. I just kept relentlessly and unforgivingly and unapologetically practicing it, regardless of how scared I was and terrified to tell my family. But in the end, it's worked out, you know? Yeah, that's great.
That's great. I'm so glad I got to meet you and talk to you about this because this is this is so amazing. I'm sure we, you're going to have quite a few fans, by the way, <laughs> after this one. Yeah, really happy to have been here. You know, any amount of self-trust that mm-hmm. I can support for mm-hmm. the people, our people out there on the planet, these beautiful humans just trying to make their way, mm-hmm. I'm there for you. Like, mm-hmm. I am so there for you. And at the end of the day, you know, Ramdas, we're just trying to walk each other home. That's right. That's absolutely right. But thank you so much, Sarah. I really appreciate you taking the time. I know you it's bet. been a crazy week for both you and me, but thank you, thank you, thank you. I really do yeah. appreciate it. Anytime, girl. I'm around. All right. All right. We will chat again soon. Thanks. We will. Thank you for listening. And don't forget to subscribe. And if you love the show, Please leave a review. Just remember, you could be one story away from being inspired.